We're not gonna. We didn't tell Trev. We're not gonna do the song today. They've already heard the song. If you're listening to this, you've heard the song, and we're just. Thank you so much for the heads up. Usually we sing the song, but tonight we're but not. That's gonna okay. Sing you know, it. we like to keep Trev guessing. If you listen to episode nine, you'll hear a bar- bar- Barber Trap Quartet of us doing it. Yeah, so that was pretty good. Go like back. We could give him a little bit of that again. Ready? Let's do that. Let's do the acapella barbershop version again. You want to start it? Or no, you start it. Oh, I don't know if this is a good uh, idea. You know what? It w- was good when it was off the cuff, but trying to simulate that again is just not going to fly. Go back and we, we can do a spoken word like 39. Drunken disorderly. 39. Drunk, Drunk disorderly. Thirty nine. Drunk dis and de. That's, That's the worst. <laughs> I think, think Lars' beard is dragged off set here. So oh podcast shit. is canceled. We just canceled the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this beer was brought to you by Alan Delane, who is here tonight to support. Uh, yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Where are we? We're here at uh, 1830 Bar, downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That's uh, right. Also home to the Raptors. Big night for the Toronto Surprisingly Raptors. enough, yeah. If you, yeah, you haven't heard of those guys, they're doing pretty well this season. You know what I mean? Today, yeah. w- today was parade day. They may even th- win the ship. Oh, wait. It was. We're recording this on June 17th, but you are probably listening to this at least a week later right now. But know yeah, that so you we're all know. pumped. You already know, yes. All that we're telling you right now about this. But it was a party. It was a festival. People paraded around the fucking streets. It was amazing. Some of you probably were there. About a million people booed our premier, Doug Ford, for good reason. For good cause. He got introduced, and everybody booed him. It was great. It was great. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was amazing. It was but, really fantastic. But uh, interesting time. I mean, talk about correlation to the show. Uh, two nights, Thursday night and today, rather, uh, where, you know, open alcohol and belligerence yep. was t- totally acceptable. Rampant. Like, yeah. rampant. And Guys uh, trashing cop cars and no charges laid. I mean, Pretty amazing. Ho- yeah, and on the whole, I mean, obviously, minus an event today, but on the whole... Like the city didn't burn. Like no, we wasn't like Calgary after the after the after the uh, Stanley Cup. That was a different story, right? Yeah, like that. The city did burn. Well, if Toronto wins the Stanley Cup, it would be different. I think. <laughs> I, I think we'd just probably disappear in the singularity at that point. It would like just yeah. <laughs> you know, they'd they'd hold the cup over the heads and it just <laughs> that'd be the end of it. You know what I mean? Right. The end of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just. Because I'm, I'm sorry, like that's that's never gonna happen. None of but, my life. But happens. we always talk about like the liquor laws here and how strict it is and blah blah blah. How draconian so they are. Well, exactly, and and so we have two examples of of celebration on the streets, you know. And and, and the cops. I was at the, the parade today on Lakeshore, and you know, uh, a cop came up to, m- to me. I was holding an Ace Hill, and he was like, "Oh, Ace Hill, thank you." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "No, I don't want it." But he was just he like fake busted you. Yeah, he wow. was like, "Thanks a lot for the Ace Hill," and like came over to the to like. But then he was like, "I don't want it." Like cool cop. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like... <laughs> Way to go, Toronto Metro. Um, but yeah. yeah keep so it real. Keep like it real, T.O. You can Metro. Turn, a, turn a blind eye, like, for, you know, the uh, uh, 
events and sporting events. It's like, yeah. Why are we? That's well, okay. Anytime the mayor says that something is good for the city, it doesn't really matter whether it is right, or not. Right. If it's good for the city, then the cops aren't going to fucking arrest you. I mean, that's kind of because that would be bad for the city, right? You know what I mean? Anything inherently that you get arrested for, you're not going to see like major political figures being like, "This is great. This is good for us. We all need more of this." Okay, guys, get out there and riot. And it's cool. This is a first here at 39 Drunk and Disorderlies. This is for sure the first episode where we gave props to the cops because you were always ripping on the cops because well, the, yeah. the cops are the reason you have 39 Drunk That's and Disorderly citations. <laughs> you know, ripping on them's not fair. They're doing their job. I just don't like their job. That's right. all. Well, and you, you said before you've made the, the critical decision where you're like, yeah, I'm going to decide to do this and they'll probably take me down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, you can't, no, you can't not know. If you're, if you're fucking, if you're I mean a drunken clown, you're gonna you're gonna get busted. There's That's a certain just the nature com- of things, camaraderie right? where it's it's the the ro- like the the criminal and the, and the, the, the again yeah the it's law, co- well right? cops and robbers their job would right. not exist without you know some of the shit that I do so right at the end of the day it's like they show up and they're like oh I'm doing my job and I'm like yeah well I'm doing mine so so really all your crazy fucked up stories are just a really it's good a work, project. work project yeah exactly yeah absolutely they are. great job. Keeping those guys. Uh, so remember that, guys. You know, when you're when you're arresting me next time, remember, I'm keeping you employed. Uh, so we just got, like to remind everybody that um, to, if you want to follow us, we are all. You can follow us at 39DD Show on Instagram. Um, if you need to go to Laughing Viking Studios, that's Lars' studio. There's lots of information there. Also uh, tonight we have Ziki Zhang Photography. And we, he will be taking some promo shots of us later tonight. And so if you want to check those out, those will be cited on our site. If you like them, contact Zeke, and he'll give you lots of, lots of great shots. Not only is Zeke Zhang a fantastic photographer, we've had both had headshot sessions with him. Sorry. But his camera is actually video recording us right now because you forgot yours, you fucking bonehead. Boo. And Zeke came through in the clutch. So and give it up, Zeke Zhang. And to be fair, I asked Zeke to bring his camera tonight. So, okay. Fighting All redemption right. point. Okay, so I th- feel like evens out wow. then. No wow. negative strikes for anyone. Everyone did a great job. And I'm back. And we're back. Oh. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, should we get into this one here? Let's get it up. Let's let's do it. Um, before we do, I'm gonna look over to the tech booth. How's that music right now? Are we good? Okay. Let's let's buckle up. Well, we might as well. While we're talking to the tech booth, shout out Cipher Picks and uh, Kareem here doing it. Uh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Without these guys, editing. the magic would not happen. There'd and be no magic. I always give Kareem this shout out, but we all know the mastermind behind the oper- behind the whole operation is Jabril. Give it up, Jabril. Jabril in the Yo. back. Yo, that's right. That made Kareem so mad right there. <laughs> He's They're like, the odd couple, in case you haven't met them. <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's hear it. You got uh, so which, which one's Felix Unger? That's all I want to know. <laughs> well, this has never happened before. Your stories are also crazy. But uh, tonight you told me on the way on outside of the the bar here at 1830, you said this one is darker than normal. Maybe yes. a trigger warning. So I don't know. You need to buckle up if you're at home. We always That's say right. that. That's you right. need to buckle grab on, up. Grab buck- onto your armchair. Buckle up. Listen and at your own discretion. And, and prepare for a bedtime story. You're going dark places. Okay. So. A lot of the stories that I tell are strictly about, you know, the drinking and drug culture that was prevalent in my life so 15, 20 years ago, right? But um, this this story has a little more than that to it. It's about trust. Uh, it's about friendship. And it's about knowing how to tell 
a group of people probably the most uncomfortable things that you can in order to redeem yourself from social judgment. And I think today, in today's day and age, it's sort of important lessons attached to it because a lot of the time we see um, belief as the consummate narrative instead of proof. So people say whatever they want and without any evidence or any background information on that, that becomes fact, that becomes the, the narrative. And that ruins people's lives. And very quite quickly, right? Like, yes. Are you saying the Earth is not flat? Uh, amongst other things, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh shit! <laughs> We're gonna have to really reassess some things after tonight. <laughs> yeah, the Coriolis effect is real. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, like like many stories in this in this series start, I was uh, at home, unconscious, you know. Living, living off the, the fumes of the day before. And I got a phone call from my brother Jack. And uh, he says to me, yo, Bob, you got to come downtown. I'm like, what do you mean I got to come downtown? It's like fucking you know, Tuesday night. The fucking trash from yesterday. No, fuck off, man. Like, I don't get any days off. I work weekends. I'm not going downtown right now. Why? He's like, well, there's a fucking crazy-ass fucking story floating around the bar about you. There's like 20 people here talking about you and it's bad news and I'm like what do you mean it's bad news what the fuck are you talking about he goes well apparently this weekend I mean you, you were you're out right and I was like yeah of course I was you were there I was out most of the weekend being fucking completely faced and doing drugs as usual what are you talking about <laughs> you know like this is like a non sequitur right and he's like well yeah but uh, this girl you know mouse I'm like no what do you find her yeah, I know her but what about her he's like well she's telling people here at the bar that you and this other guy sexually assaulted her okay now, this floored me, absolutely, because, I mean, if you've known me for any length of time, you know that not only am I a consummate gentleman, but that I get really offended by mistreatment of ladies in public or in, in bars and, and places like that that I work in. So the concept that, that I was involved in a situation like this just blew my mind. Um, and I had a bit of a panic attack, you know, sitting at home like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, what are you going to tell people? What are you going to say? So... I uh, jumped in a cab, pretty fucking irate, and I flew down to the bar, which uh, is on College Street. It's a, a place called Bistro 336, which is actually still there. It's right at Bathurst in College. On the southwest corner? Uh, no, it's on the northeast side, just next to Rancho Relaxo. Right, okay. So you enter through the downstairs, but it actually has a patio upstairs behind it. So it's a weird little... Anyway, so I get there, and there's this douchebag I know standing outside, and he sees me get out of this cab, and I'm livid, like I'm extremely upset. And as soon as he sees me, the very first thing in his mouth, he goes, oh, there you are, showing your face around here kind of thing, you know? Starts flexing on me right there at the front steps of the fucking bar. I haven't even got, like, haven't even got in the fucking front door yet. And this, I'm already catching fallout from this situation, right? So rather than deal with this guy, who's, uh, whose name is really unfortunate, his name is Matt Finkelstein. And that's not even a joke. And that guy, we've had some problems over the years. Anyway, I dropped him. I dropped him there in front of the bar on the sidewalk. I was <laughs> like, no, we're not talking. You're not my fucking problem. I don't have to deal with you. You're not the truth and reconciliation I need right now. So I, I just laid him out. What um, does that mean? You punched him? Yeah. Just yeah, knocked, one, him, knocked one, him right the fuck one, out. One punch knockout? Well, right. no, I punched him in the neck, and when he doubled over, I gave him the elbow to the side of the head, which put him to the floor. And I was done with him. I'm like, no, sleep, sleep. For all you lovers and non-fighters out there, that, that's the uh, vocabulary. I've never been punched in the neck before. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and I, I, would, I wouldn't suggest you try it on like a you know, recreational basis. It's not one of those right. things. 
So anyway, I, I wander into the bar, and everybody I fucking know from the punk rock scene, you know, all my bandmates, fucking friends, extended fucking acquaintances, you know, girlfriends of buddies, uh, a lot of the women I've slept with in the past, all this shit, they're all sitting around at these fucking tables, and there's this girl from the weekend before, and she's sitting there in this cluster with like, you know, 10 or 15 people sort of draping, you know, the victim blankets on her, like, it's okay, you know, we all understand, it's all good and whatnot. I walked over to the table, I grabbed a chair, I spun it around, I sat down, and I said, are we actually going to do this? And she looks up at me like, you know, kind of like, really? And I'm like, no, seriously, is this, this, this story has to come out? And uh, she gets a little panic-eyed, and I'm like, okay, well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, you want to hear the silver-tongued version? You all believe that I'm somehow capable of being that kind of human scum? Well, let's go through the reality check of the week. So I ended up having to tell 50 or 60 people that I know probably the most embarrassing story of my young adolescent sort of, uh, you know, 19, 20-something-year-old sex life. So this girl met us, a friend of mine and I, at the nightclub where he works, uh, Big Bob. We used to go there a lot for punk shows. Whoa, whoa. You went to a bar named Big Bob and you are no, Big, Big Bob? No, Big Bob. Oh, B Big to the Bob. O to the P. <laughs> okay. Not B to the O to the B. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was at okay. Big Bob's bar. and No, no. Or is that your kitchen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In my kitchen. We're in my kitchen net where Big this guy works. Even Big Bob at the Big Bob sounds pretty good. Pretty does. Yeah, pretty good. It's not bad. It rhymes. Not bad. So anyway, as you do, you drink too much when you're at shows. And me and the sound guy had done exactly that. And we're going to go back to his place across the street above Bathurst, above the store, and party the rest of the night, you know, blow a, a garbage bag full of beers bought from the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty common thing. When you work at a bar and you live right across the street, it's like you buy booze from work and carry it home. So a couple takeouts or walkouts. But when you intend to drink all day the next day, that takeout is a garbage bag <laughs> full of beer. So how many beers do you think fit in the garbage bag? Uh, three twelves. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate answer, because yes, that's that. how many that's yeah. how many fit. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, this girl this girl was there at the bar partying and we were leaving and she's like, Oh, where are you guys going? And we're like, Yeah, we're going across the street, drinking buddy's place, fucking get hammered. And I knew her colloquially through one of my ex girlfriends. So I mean, we weren't we weren't close friends, but I knew her. We go back to this party, we're chilling out at my buddy's place getting trashed. The night is carrying on and we're all fucking blitzed, all three of us, which is you know, one of the problems with once again, and I address this in a lot of these tales and I'm gonna do it again now. One of the less glorious aspects of being a wild, drunken, drug addict maniac is that a lot of the choices and decisions you make are blurred and, and crazed. You mean at the time or upon reflection? Uh, at the time, you have no idea, but upon reflection, right? But even still, I guess at the time, that's true, too. You just don't realize it. Mm. So this girl makes a pass at me, and she makes a pass at the host. Not at the same time, but back and forth. And we're both sort of like, well, that's interesting. That's weird. Blah, blah, blah. Hour, couple, two, no, hour or two goes by, and uh, she literally says out loud to the two of us, I don't know which one of you guys I want to sleep with more. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's an interesting statement right there. I'm like, hmm. So the next time there's a smoke break, we're standing in the kitchen, and the host walks into the kitchen talking to him. And I'm like, hey, man, look, I don't really want to sleep with you, but hey, well, you know, if the opportunity arises, yeah, I'll, I'll A-team, right? Like, well, we, can, we can share. And, he, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Now you have to understand the two guys involved here aren't the coolest guys in the world. I mean, at that time, you know, this sort of like semi-toothless sound guy and this like 
horribly drunken sort of giant fat dude are like making plans for their like dear penthouse letters in the kitchen, right? <laughs> Thinking we got this uh, lockdown, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we only had like 40 beers. What could possibly go wrong, right? <laughs> so we insinuate this fucking threesome. And of course, in your mind, when you think of threesomes, you think of like the shit you see in porno where it's all like clean cut and everything's, you know, no, no. People know what they're doing. That's right. That's not how this goes. First thing that arises right off the bat is, like checking pockets for protection and shit and no one has anything. So like, oh, one of us has to go to the store downstairs. And we're all too fucked up to fucking find wallets and money. So I think I, I staggered, no, he staggered down to the store and, and picked up, you know, protection and came wandering back up with like, I don't know, like like black ribbed fucking glow in the dark for her, her, her terror or something. And I was like, what the hell is this? Okay, this is getting weirder by the minute. And then, of course, don't forget, after like three grams of Coke and 40 beers, you know, performance, it's not a matter of anxiety anymore. It's a matter of it's never going to happen. <laughs> blood circulation. And, and yeah, you should basically know that. Like, your, your, your blood has become thinner than fucking tap water, which means that your dick is about as flaccid as it goes, right? So the two of us are like standing there trying to like work out some meat while she tries to be sexy, too high to be sexy, because that happens too, right? She's, okay, look at me. Woo! And we're just like, okay. So, ostensibly, the world's most embarrassing, unappealing threesome attempts to occur for an hour or two <laughs> until I realized that this is not, I mean, I don't even care anymore. Like, you know, I, I have to go. And I'm like, I realize where I am and what's happening. And I'm like, look, this is, I'm done. Your Californication moment. Yeah, looking for pants. And I'm like, yeah, this is just, this is ridiculous. And I, I you know, People have that sort of subliminal communication skills. So I, I'm like putting pants on. Look at the buddy guy. And he's putting pants on. He's looking at me. And we both make the silent, unverbal promise. We will never mention this again. Like and here we are. That, well, <laughs> there's a reason for that, though, right? And this is, the, this is the reason. Fear of being shamed for doing the stupid things. It's actually one of the reasons I do this podcast and enjoy it so much. I did so many fucking stupid things. And I think people need to know that you can live through that. You can do fucking really dumb things and just own it and carry on and actually be okay. So I'm like, yep, going home. Just chalk that up as dear penthouse letter. Scratch, 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 scratch. You know, just throw that one away. Like that, that's a memo page we're not going to bother printing, right? But when I heard a couple days later that she'd been spreading the story that she was assaulted by us that night, rather than instigating the the terrible, no good, very bad threesome, you know, it should never be talked about again, except I just told you all about it. <laughs> uh, I had no choice but to basically tell this whole fucking embarrassing jalopy story about, like, fucking non-functioning penises and, like, standing around masturbating with some guy over a girl who basically passed out on the floor, like, oh, I love you too, and it's, like, not working out. So, I don't understand today how, you know, the truth has become so difficult for people to face. Like, we've all made decisions in our past that we regret, but looking back on those decisions and not owning it is worse in almost any way than accepting where you've been. You can poison your own life forever with that kind of shame or that kind of guilt, and I'd never carry it. I just, uh, that's the kind of guy I am. I would never carry that kind of guilt. If I had thought that I'd taken advantage, so I said after that story was told, I said to her, so just to make a long story, sort of, neatly packaged. I said to her, I said, see, that's what happened. 
And I said, do you remember all of that? Is that accurate? And she was like, yes, that's all accurate. That's exactly what happened. I said, okay. So at any time, was there an attack or anything that I missed in that whole story? She was like, no. And I said, at any time, did you say, I want to leave? This is over, yada, yada? No. I said, at any time did you feel that way? And she was like, well, no, not really. I was high and having a good time, sort of, but it was weird. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the mode. It was a good time, but it was fucking weird, and it was stupid. And if none of us had said anything, which none of us were going to, this would have gone nowhere, and we never would have had to sit in front of all of our friends and go all the way through this again, right? But here I am, and here you are, and <coughs> now instead of everyone standing around giving me these dirty rapist stares, you know, like, you, Bob, I can't believe, look at you. Instead of that, people are sort of looking at her, looking at me with this mix of, ew. Ew. Yeah. Ooh. Wow, you, that, uh, you know. And I'm looking back and going, yeah, that's how I fucking feel about it. Ew. This was, you know, I w I, I'm really glad we had this chat, you know. <laughs> 70 of my closest friends learned all about the most embarrassing day in my social sex life. This is great. But the reason, the reason I brought, again, the reason I'm telling this story, even though it's dark, is because, like I said, I think it's really important that people know that there are two sides to every issue. And I've known a few guys, especially who worked in the bars and the bar industry, who've had these issues. I've also known many women who have been attacked and abused. And it's so frustrating to me that the truth is not as important as the narrative anymore, which is why you know, men get away with being pigs, and women lie. Well, That's why both of those things still occur. And people suffer for both. And there's absolutely no sense in it. Because it's really hard to flip. Once you've heard one version of the story, it's especially the initial versions. Yeah. And that's the first thing in your mind. So if it's logical, you'll believe it. And then to hear another side and then to have to sway to the, the new information, sometimes it's – that's why they get in there – like folks get in there first to try and get a story like – well, and that's exact, that was exactly the point. I mean, she jumped the gun and decided that she was afraid that we were going to tell people what had happened. And b rather than let us say it and embarrass her or bring that out into the public, she was going to jump on it in advance and throw us under the bus in order to make sure that she could control the narrative from that point forward. Right. Whereas the, the truth of the matter was that, that if, if that had been left alone, she would have been saved from a, a lot more embarrassment and the rest of us, you know, me, me, he never even he never even heard about it. That's the greatest part. I defended both of us that afternoon, and I saw him six weeks later, and he's like, "Oh, hey, how's it going, man?" I'm like, "I think it's great." He's like, "Oh, how come we don't Matt that guy Matt? You know, Matt Finkelstein. How come he doesn't come around much anymore?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, we're we're a bit of a falling out." He's like, well, "What do you mean? Why well, I, I punched him in the neck last weekend over that thing that happened?" He's like, "That thing that happened?" I'm like, "You know, your penthouse letters. I want my letter back." That one? He was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, there was an issue. He's like, oh, did you hear about it? No. Okay. Okay, good. Then that's good. That, that was what I wanted. I wanted to die then and there, and it did. You know? Also, on that night, I had a question. When you're in there uh, putting shutting light on the whole story, and Matt is on the sidewalk, punched in the neck, like what happened to him? Oh, uh, he stayed <laughs> on the sidewalk for most of the story. He never actually heard the truth. Uh, but actually, that's kind of <laughs> funny, because at the end, People were buying, buying drinks and we're having drinks. And somebody's like, hey, uh, Matt was here earlier. Where'd Matt go? I'm like, oh, he's outside. They're like, we're outside. I'm like, well, lay, lay, laying next to the, the pay phones, you know? Why is he laying next to the pay phones? I'm like, eh, he'll tell you later. 
That is a weird thing too with with booze, especially. I was say, um, yeah. And and we, we don't want to minimize anything. Obviously, there have been like women attacked, men oh, attacked. And There's I'm been. Don't bear in mind, I am n- I am not absolutely not saying that every situation is like mine. Right. I'm not. Right. I'm going to tell you the story that I was involved in. But it is crazy as well because I mean, there's there's both stories on like on both sides, but. There is that weird thing. Like, I've been involved in sexual situations with people where neither of us, we both wake up the next morning and we're like, what the fuck happened? Where we're both blackout drunk. In right. university, my yep. my university girlfriend, after the bar, like, she went to some bar. I went to another bar. We came home. I woke up the next day. She's in bed next to me. And, and I literally rolled over and I was surprised by her. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what do you mean, what are we doing here? We fucked last night. And I'm like, I have zero recollection of that. Yep. And that was not the only time. Like, make some noise if you've had, like, drunken sex that you barely remember, probably at some point, except for Kareem because he doesn't get drunk. But that that does happen, and it's it, that is that weird. Yeah, but there's that time he woke up with the sock puppet on his hand and <laughs> had no idea what happened. So that's different, right? It was no no alcohol involved. High and on life. Th- there and is that, and, and it's easy to feel taken advantage oil. of, right? You wake up and you have no memory, and you're like, okay, like, and so in the moment, you might have been uh, down and everything was good, but if you don't remember. Um, Acknowledging yeah, something, it's then you would you might feel like, oh, did I okay this last night? Like yep. it's a vulnerable position for uh, people on both sides because yeah. you're like, we fucking both. Well, don't I think the human this. sexuality is one of the most vulnerable parts of our psyche, and the reason for that is it does require not only the the trust, but that liberating moment of like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss trow here, and like you know, if it's like, oh, that's cute, that's not what you want to hear. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things. That can be really embarrassing in the bedroom. That can just destroy your confidence in other parts of your life, right? So I think that part of the sexual health, you know, that we're lacking in the 21st century is a, is a reasonable understanding of, well, sometimes it's funny and just embarrassing and stupid, and sometimes it's it's obvious and, and attractive and fantastic. But you know, usually it falls somewhere in between. You know what I mean? And the best times you're gonna have are the times you can sort of laugh about and at the same time, you know. Remember, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, I think it all, all comes down to education too, right? Because I remember, f- like in first year university, people, um, you know, seventeen through nineteen or whatever years old, and they're getting wasted, and then not remembering what they're doing, and then trying to blame other people or blame whatever the situation is, and it's like there just wasn't enough knowledge given out that if you overindulge in alcohol, you'll end up doing shit that's stupid and you won't remember. And then they're like, what do you mean? Uh, like, I, you know, that's true. That's true. But I think, again, I think also it's part of the infantilization of, of our alcohol culture. Yeah. I mean, you have to know on some intrinsic level, if you're going to party and do drugs and drink, especially to excess, you must expect that there are going to be consequences to that. Right. So I'm sorry, like, you, it doesn't take watching much more than a couple of like college ski movies to know full well that if you spend all weekend fucking you know drinking wine spritzers, you're probably going to have a fucking stupid time. That's not. That's just not. You know. That's that's a non sequitur. Somebody's so getting pregnant. So I, I yeah. No, I mean seriously. I honestly believe that we, you know that that that's kind of a cop out to say that it was about education to some extent. What I think is true is that that's not reinforced enough. Mm. So I think everybody knows. But I think I think you know, no one's gonna say that to you. Like there's, you know, you're not gonna get your your college orientation and have some like, you know, guy in a bathrobe go, uh, yeah. Remember this, folks. If you're all fucking drunk and you decide you're gonna fuck, 
chances are something stupid will happen. <laughs> every, right, co- like that's every college needs a Van Wilder to show you the way. Ostensibly. I think that's actually not so bad analogy, really. Right. I really don't. I think that helps a lot more than pretending that we could have, you know, some... Because I remember my I remember my grade school sex ed class, which was completely useless because yes. the, the health nurse we had was this amazingly hot blonde. No, and she used to wear inappropriate outfits. I'm not even kidding. Am I saying inappropriate? Like, like red skirts, like they're this high from underwear line and stuff. To a bunch of guys doing the sex ed class. So, so this is how you put the condom on. She's like rolling it on things. And we're just all sitting there at a desk trying to put math books on our lap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the awkward stuff. You didn't learn shit. All I learned was that, yeah, if this sex thing is happening, can it happen now? <laughs> like All you learned is to not wear track pants to sex ed class. <laughs> yeah, Boner exactly. alert. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if education makes any difference. I think people need to, wor- to wake up and take responsibility for the fact that if you party really fucking hard, you're going to do stupid things. And then, after you do those stupid things, to live with the consequences of that gracefully. Well, and then there's perception, too, right? Because... You may remember it one way, and other people remember it a different way. Like yes. you ask, you ask the same per- two different people about, or five different people about one event, and they'll all tell you five different stories. Oh, absolutely. They'll, I mean, yeah. so and then you you mix in booze into that, which which escalates also or magnifies. Time. Also, time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what someone will remember about their college days ten years later. They'll be like, "Oh, this is what actually happened." You know what I mean? Meanwhile, no, that's not what happened. Like, you, you, you put the inflatable buffalo suit on yourself, pal. Like, no, no one did that to you. Well, you and know? after nights like that, I, like, there was a quote where it's like, a, like, any day anyone can accuse you of anything, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, and to your, to your effect, you have to, like, either stand up to it or you got to figure it out because, like, yeah. Like yeah. Any day someone could just, like, if you, and if you're out at a party and you're doing stuff, people could just say, it was that guy. Like That's right. Yep. And I think I think actually you hit on something important there with perception too, and the fact that people can completely experience the same scenario differently, even though even though the moment was pretty obvious to you, to someone else it might not be, and that's why I had to clarify. That's why I told her the story, not the rest of the room. I sat down with her and I said, "Is anything there inaccurate? I, am I am I misinterpreting anything that happened there?" And when she said no, then I was like, "Okay, good. That's all I needed to know. That's for my own conscience too." That's so I can walk and look this guy's face in the mirror in the morning and say, yep, that's right. You remember these things clearly. You didn't do these things. You are not that guy, and that's important to me, you know? The interesting thing, too, about how you handled that is if you had, had to handle that differently, like if you had just gone in, you fucking bitch, you liar, liar, that's right. liar, then she yells at you, and the whole thing escalates instead of having the, like, courage and humility to be like, okay, let's have an adult conversation about what Which happened. again, sadly starts with story time. And my feelings, but, like, actually yeah. hashing it out. That's right. And that's the thing. It also that's the thing about debate and intelligent dialogue. Um, I mean, accusations, no matter what they are, can be settled with debate and understanding, as long as the issue is it can be made clear. You know, some things can't be made clear. Some things are pretty straightforward. Like, did you shoot the guy? No, but you stand there holding a smoking gun, and there's corpses in your lawn. You know what I mean? That's not the same thing. But when people's perceptions or people's misinterpretations or even people's misrepresentations are on the line. You can very clearly address those as long as you're willing, usually I say, to be truthful and to be fearless. And I think the fearlessness is a, is a huge deal because I, I was, I mean, I was racked with terror over having to, to confront this issue. I mean, I thought for sure that was the end of my social life. You know? Right. Like because you, you said people were already writing you off. And yeah. 
I mean, that's why I got the call. My brother called me and was literally like, he was like, you have to get down here because if you don't get, get ahead of this situation, like right now, you know, there's guys talking about canceling shows we're going to play. You know, people just, yeah, ostracizing you from their social groups. Like, th that's it. You know, and again, when you're like 19, 20, those social groups are the foundational part of your life. I mean, I wasn't seeing my parents. I was living on my own. So it's like I'd occasionally raid my dad's fridge and like, he would know. I, he would know I was there because things were missing. He'd be like, "I thought I had ground beef." And then he'd like call me up and be like, "Hey, were you over this afternoon?" I'd be like, "Yep." He's like, "Did you barbecue?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "Oh yeah, I ate my ground beef, didn't you?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "Did you use all my propane?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "Did you drink my beer?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "You fucking drank my beer too?" I'm like, "Yeah." You know, but like that was it. So y you don't have that, you know, family dynamic at home if you're not there. You know what I mean? Like. So your social groups become that much more in, in, in important. And that's why I can understand, too, you know, going to desperate lengths to preserve that. And I can understand why she was so nervous as well. Because, I mean, I was terrified just hearing that, that this, this shit had to be aired, like Dirty Laundry. I knew, I knew right away how this was going to go down. And that was terrifying enough, let alone, let alone had accusations stuck, stuck or floated. I mean, that would have been a nightmare. Bob Life, over, check, you know. And this is pre, like, Rampant wildfire social media. This Absolutely. is you having to like oh yeah. contain oh your yeah. own network. That's right. This is literally, literally just like you know, shitty cell phones, text messages, pagers. Like no, there's no. I mean, it was obviously there was Facebook because it's always been Facebook. I think dinosaurs are Facebooking. You know what I mean? But like, that's not why they're extinct. Uh, should we uh, take anything from the audience here? If you have general questions for Bob about his uh, drinking habits, his size, uh, day in the life of being a giant, yeah. uh, a similar story you want to share? Comments on said story. Nothing quick. Kareem? Uh, sure. I'll ask one question. Kareem on the mic. You knew way too fast how many beers like, were Fit you were. Yeah, yeah. How did you know that? Well, it wasn't the first time we'd carry garbage bags of beer back to his apartment across the street from the Big Bob. And you do that three or four times, and you get a pretty good handle on what the bag will hold. What are we talking here? Tall boys, bottles, cans? cans. What's going on? Yeah. Regular cans? Just regular cans. Hmm. I so feel like you could fit more than 36 cans You can, there. but the bags get really unstable. It's the, bags, it's the right. weight. That should double be the bag? that should be glad if you're watching this and you want to sponsor that's your 39 new that's drunk your new and disorderlies. That's a garbage bag that can hold a full two four. Yeah, like heavy two two fours, 48, not 36, 48 boys. That's he your challenge. Heavy duty 48. 3M innovations, okay? <laughs> we want a fucking garbage bag that holds 48 beers. Please. Next Monday. It's what the people want. Yeah, get the people what they want. <laughs> High tensile garbage bags. This is good. Imagine we fucking landed glad. But yes, that's bags exactly how sponsor. I knew that because we did it a number of times. Right. I also know that crushed flattened cans, 330 or so, fit in a garbage bag as well. 330. Wow. Give or take. Give or take, like, you know, whatever. But we should have a, at a, one of these, uh, one of our tapings, we should have, a, like, you know how they have raffles where you got to guess how many jelly beans yeah. in a jar? How, <laughs> many, how many empty cans are in this garbage bag? <laughs> Glassy 39 <laughs> drunken disorderlies raffle. Problem is to right find there. out at the end, you got to cut the bag open with all the witch piss pouring out of the bottom and actually count each one of these, like, nasty old cans that I've been saving in my back room for, like, a week. Like, right. there you go. How many are in there? You know, uh, I feel like Bobby is that guy you get in, like, 
those little kids uh, math exercises. You know that guy that goes to the grocery store and buys like 16 different apples, four oranges, and shit like that, except he does it with beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, that's very true. It's like that. Yeah. Anything else, audience-wise? I just want to commend you on just the res respectful way you like dealt with this, especially with this podcast talking about this, because you had said like there are people going to be like shitty about it. Yeah. Because if I watch like uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, Rebel Media. You, you know what that is? Yeah. Like those people, like I'm like, it makes me want to punch him in the face. But of course. the way you did that, I'm like, that's good. Like, What's Rebel Media? What Rebel is Media is like con very conservative media. So I'll watch it sometimes just so I can get mad and be like, are you for real? So what, they perpetrate one-sided stories or? Yeah, it, it, it's just very right Again, wing. Again, pol polarized, polarized as, as news media often is. They're the, they're the right wing polarization opposite to like, you know, CNN, which just lies the other way around, right? Like, do you know Young Turks? Young Turks. They're like the dem democratic version of that on the internet. If you ever watch that, they're, yeah. Cenk Uygur and the boys. Just the polar opposite. So it's just nice seeing a respectful version of this. Well, again, I think I think the rhetoric on both sides of the narrative is too deep. And I think it's important to have a conversation about you know, a dangerous subject like this mm -hmm. in a rational way. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna extreme um what's the word I'm looking for? If you're going to if you're going to to blow an issue one way or the other out of proportion, you're gonna be too far from the mark and you're gonna miss the reality that needs to be discussed. If we're ever going to reach a place where, like, you know, hashtag Me Too is not necessary anymore and people can actually move on and be honest with each other, it, the, the sensationalization of, of both sides of the topic have to stop. And we have to, as adults, as rational human beings, we have to sit down and say, this is the problem. It can be fixed. Let's fix it. Instead of saying, you know, all males are scum or all women lie or, you know, the sky is turquoise. Like, just fuck off. Like, the planet is not flat. We're okay. We can work together. We can make a difference. I believe I have the solution. Uh, scientists, if you're watching this, I think I've solved it. Uh, it is uh, we retrofit all dicks and vaginas with breathalyzers. Uh, there you go. That'd be pretty good. That'd so you got to blow a breathalyzer, and if you're too fucked up, you have to just step away from the scenario. And it also <laughs> it also increases it also increases the likelihood of oral sex because you got to get close uh, to use a breathalyzer anyway. So while you're down there, <laughs> right? You well, know, I mean, right. I got I like it. I got they far I got far down Reddit one day, and I was reading about some person said like, oh man, I just got my some girl I met pregnant, and then just the list of dudes that said she's lying to you. I'm like, how do you? That's fucking crazy. Like you need, like that's even funny too. Because what if he's like, what if it's like your live-in girlfriend and she's holding up the pregnancy test, like, yeah, we're gonna have a baby, and they're like, she's lying to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, no, no, actually, like we've been working on this for a while. Yeah. Liar! We're at the fertility clinic. No, the doctor's lying. You know what I mean? Like, paternity test. Also, a very easy solution. You just go on Maury Povich. Yeah, that's right. That that's right. right there. Because yeah. Maury knows, even if you don't. Maury always knows. We should give a shout out uh, if you didn't recognize his voice. That was Windy, Windy City, City Nick. Nick. Yes, Windy oh, City Nick is here quite a bit. He lives in Toronto, but at one point he lived in the Windy City of Chicago, so we call him Windy City Nick. Besides, it's a cool fucking name. What are you talking about? That's it's awesome. a pretty great name. It's like uh, the original Scarface, like 1930s. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Where's Windy City Nick? Hey, where's Windy City Nick? Yeah. Okay? Oh, um, James Cagney. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we got another one uh, coming from the audience. This looks like Ziki Zhang from Ziki Zhang. Ziki Zhang, what's up, buddy? Well, um, what's up? Well, <laughs> from um, what I'm hearing, right, like hearing you guys talking, it just felt like I'm relieving uh, one of those episodes of uh, the uh, SVU unit, like show. Right. Except that you know, it turns out that you know uh, the the result was the uh, it was it turned out good. Yes. Yeah. It didn't it didn't go the wrong way. No. Yeah. Just and a weird comment. No, no, you're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, that's exactly what I mean when I say you get out in front of a subject like that fast enough, and let the truth be your guide, and sometimes it will set you free. I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you will get fed under the fucking bus anyway. That's just going to happen. That's life. You can't. You're not always going to succeed. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. But trying to let calmer heads prevail is usually the best way to do things. Yeah. So kudos to you, like, because in that situation you handled it like perfectly, like a pro. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for all of you off camera, we uh, have a special guest in the house. Oh, yeah. We should give him a shout out. Uh, we got uh, Andrew Rodaleo, series regular from The Expanse. So from you might recognize him as Diogo. From Dio from FX show Expanse, we do have right Andrew on, Rodaleo right in the audience. So big clap yeah, yeah. to Andrew. Fresh off the plane from Vancouver. No, from space. From space. We're sorry. He spends his time in fresh space. Off, fresh off the ramjet from space. Yeah. So, uh, parting thoughts. Okay, we should probably wrap it up here. So, yeah. Never mind. Parting uh, thoughts. Words of wisdom. Um, follow yeah. us at Thirty Nine DD Show on Facebook. That's and, probably the uh, wisest Instagram. thing you can do. You can watch full episodes on YouTube now as We're well. We're not tubing. We're at, tubing. At Thirty Nine DD Show. Thirty Nine Drunken Disorderlies. Uh, if you want to join us for a live taping, you can come down at eighteen thirty on a Monday night around ten o'clock. Yep. Beautiful. And if you have time beforehand, there is a Monday Fun Day show that Lars puts up. Uh, it's a pro, co pro comedy show here from eight till ten, and then uh, and then this uh, old uh, Thirty Nine Drunken Disorderly shindig That's right. here. That's right. That's come right. Come on down and smash a glass full of rose. Somebody uh, got got another one. Uh oh. I feel a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, Lars isn't alone anymore. That's right. No, Trevor no, did it. That's the original. Trevor. That's the Trevor original right. broken ball right there. Is no, it's it? not. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. No, they replaced it. It is. Okay, well, someone stole that rose, so I feel better about that. Again, terrible if you're listening just, to this or watching this. About it now. You can't <laughs> see what we're talking about. There are glass balls hanging from the ceiling here with roses inside them. Very fancy, and it, one it, of them ignore, we broke. Ignore what Lars is saying. If you can't see what's happening right now, go on YouTube. You still can't see it. That's not in the camera shot. Oh, there. Uh -huh. Now it is. Now it is. Boom. Cypher picks Kareem on it right see now. See what I mean? <laughs> like I said, without, without these guys, the magic would not happen. Right. And that was the magic I was talking about right there. If you're the just listening to this, you still missed out. But flip over to YouTube and check it out. I guess you got the idea, right? Cameras turned. Things were shown. It was amazing. Did you right. get the Did you get the, the look from the big guy? This is uh, I think we're about there anyways. So right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Guys, be good to each other. Be good to yourselves, and uh, come back. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.